Today we're going to continue talking about God's Word, the Bible. We're in a message series called The Book of Life. American Bible Society recently released in-depth findings from an annual survey called the State of the Bible for 2012. And here's a couple of interesting facts that they came up with. Bibles are everywhere in America. 85% of American households own at least one Bible. The average number of Bibles per household is 4.3. 79% of Americans believe they're knowledgeable about the Bible. Oh, the Bible. Yeah, I understand what the Bible says. I know a lot about the Bible. But the majority of Americans, 54%, cannot identify the first five books of the Bible. That's too tough. Approximately half, or 46% of Americans, believe that the Bible, the Koran, and the Book of Mormon are simply different expressions of the same spiritual truth. Really nothing could be further from the truth. They're obviously not knowledgeable of those three books. Here's an interesting one. 50% of high school seniors think that Sodom and Gomorrah were married. And it sounds like they go together. Well, Sodom and Gomorrah were two cities in the Old Testament that were destroyed by God uh, for sexual perversion and homosexuality. So not exactly married. And so it's no wonder the state our nation is in these days. The Bible is God's essential tool to help us to live the life he created us to live. And so we need to understand it. And people who doubt are doomed really to failure in their lives. Now today my message is entitled Seeing Jesus in the Word. Really the importance of God's Word, the importance of the Bible is in how it relates to Jesus Christ. You cannot divorce God's Word from the God who wrote it. And so the only way we can truly understand the Bible, the only way that we can really live it out is through the Holy Spirit. The only way we can apply it is with God's help. There are people who actually know what the Bible says from cover to cover. There are professors in certain seminaries that know the Bible far better than any of us ever will. But the truth has not really penetrated their hearts. And they know the words of the Bible, but they don't understand the truth of the Bible. Jesus speaks of such people in John 5, 39. Now in your bulletins is a white page that looks like this. I'd encourage you to pull it out. It has the outline of the message written out, as well as the verses. And you can take notes there as well. It says, you diligently study the scriptures because you think that by them you possess eternal life. These are the scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. And so life doesn't come per se exactly from that book. But that book points us to the one who has life. The book of life points us to Jesus Christ who is the life. And when we come to him, he gives us eternal life. And so in this series, my goal is to motivate you. My goal is to encourage you. To see Jesus in the Word. To see Jesus in the Bible. God has given you His Word to draw you closer to God. Now let me say this. If you love Jesus, 
A lot of people say they love Jesus. You're going to love his word. If you love his word, you're going to love Jesus. The two go hand in hand. The more you love the word of God, the more you're going to be in love with Jesus. The more you love Jesus, the more you're going to love God's word. To say, I love Jesus and, I, and let his word collect dust on your shelf doesn't really make sense. 1 John 1, 1 says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. Now when you read that whole passage, you, you see that John here is talking about Jesus. We've seen him with our eyes. We've heard of him. We've looked at him. Our hands have touched Jesus and he is the word of life. And so the Bible is not just a dry, dusty book that sits on our shelves. The Bible is the book of life that draws us closer to the word of life, Jesus Christ. When we read the Bible, God wants us to see Jesus. When we read the Bible, God wants us to learn about him from every single page. Jesus himself said in Luke 24, verse 27 and 44, he says, Beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he, that is Jesus, explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. So oftentimes we think that it's just the Gospels that speak of Jesus, but the whole of the Bible points to him. The whole of the Bible speaks of Jesus. He lives on every page if we have eyes to see him there. And I hope this morning that your eyes are opened a bit to see Jesus throughout the Bible on every single page, Old Testament and New Testament. Today we're going to look at a passage from the book of John to look, see a little more carefully what the relationship is between Jesus and the Word. Jesus is the Word of life. Verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Now these are two incredible verses. When you read the whole passage, it's clear that John the Apostle is talking about Jesus Christ. Jesus is the Word. Jesus is the Logos. Jesus was present at the very beginning, at the creation. Jesus, the Word, was God. And so we have the written Word that we read. It's called the Bible. And then we have the living Word, Jesus Christ, who is God Himself. As we go through this passage, we're going to discover some more implications of Jesus, the Word of life. Jesus created everything. It says in verse 3, through him, that's Jesus, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. And so a lot of people don't realize, but Jesus, the Word, created everything. He was and is the creator. And so by the Word of God, Jesus, the universe was created. And so when you read Genesis chapter 1, and you see or read God speaking the world and the universe into existence, Jesus is there. He is the creator. That's what John is telling us. The New Testament is a further revelation of the Old Testament. The New Testament opens our eyes to see Jesus from the beginning of time down through now. 
Jesus existed as God from the very beginning. Jesus has always existed. He's not a created being as, as some teach. Throughout the Old Testament, we see Jesus as the Word. We can see Jesus' death foreshadowed in all of the Old Testament sacrifices. They're looking forward to the one ultimate sacrifice that never has to be repeated. You can see His coming, the coming of Jesus Christ prophesied by the prophets in the Psalms, down through history. Beginning in the book of Genesis, there's prophecies of the coming one, the coming Messiah. And I believe, as many do, that the angel of the Lord that we see appearing throughout the Old Testament was an appearance of Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus existed in heaven before he came to earth. He didn't begin to exist when he was born of Mary. That was the time he took on human flesh and became a man as well as God. And so Jesus finally came from heaven to earth and his light now shines in the darkness here. It says in verse 4, In him, speaking of Jesus, was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not understood it. Without Jesus, this world is a very dark place. It's a, it's a place of death. It's a very discouraging place. It's a very gloomy place. It's a depressing place. If Jesus was not here... I would not want to be around. But Jesus came to bring life. Jesus came to bring light. And as the word brought light to creation, it was all dark and God spoke and there was light. So Jesus brings the light of life to the world. He brought it when he came. And yet many in the darkness, they don't understand the light. They don't even want to look at the light. They want to remain in darkness because it hides their sin and it hides their wickedness. So when we begin to look for and see Jesus on every page of the Bible, it, it opens up a new world of understanding. It opens up a world of insight. Every believer should be reading through the Bible. You should be loving God's Word. You should be hungry to learn more. It all speaks of Jesus. It all helps us to grow closer to Him. And one of the reasons that believers struggle at times, that believers fall away from their commitment to God, that they get caught up in various sins and problems in life, is because they don't spend more time in God's Word. In your bulletin is another piece of paper. Yes, it is there, at least in mine. might want to pull this out. Daily Bible reading plan. This is the official Life Church Daily Bible reading plan. Available only here for nine. No, it's free. It's free. I'm going to sell it for nine ninety nine, but today it's free. And inside, it's got all the chapters of the Bible written out. There's quite a few chapters there, but it helps you keep track of what you read. The best way to read through the Bible is not just kind of flip it open and read wherever the page is open. It's to read through it like any kind of book. Page after page, chapter after chapter, book after book. And so we encourage you, I encourage you to read the Bible every day. Take at least 15 minutes a day. And as you read, check off those chapters that you read. I also encourage you to keep track of what you read and what God speaks to you with some kind of journal. 
Could be a paper journal, could be on your computer, but jot down what you think God is saying to you, what he wants you to apply to your life. Take it seriously. It is important. It's very important. And as you read, as you seek to apply God's word to your life, the light of Jesus will shine brighter into your life. And you're going to understand things you never understood before. You're going to become stronger. You're going to become better able to speak to others about the truth of God's word. Your life is going to be blessed. Not just by reading God's word, but by reading it and doing it. That's where the blessing comes. Now, even though Jesus came into the world as the light, as the word, many didn't and still don't recognize Jesus. It says in verse 10, he was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. Now, isn't that amazing? The creator of the universe came to visit this planet. And he was different than anybody else who ever lived. He never sinned. He did miraculous signs and wonders, and yet people didn't recognize him as their creator. They thought he was just another man. They thought he was just like them. How far that was from the truth. But Jesus was the very Son of God. He was the Word. He was God himself. Not only did many not recognize Jesus, but many didn't receive him. In verse 11 it says, He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. The nation of Israel had been waiting for their Messiah for thousands of years. The Old Testament prophets had prophesied that he's coming. They prophesied many signs about him coming, where he was going to be born, what his life was going to be like. And yet, the Jews as a whole did not receive Jesus as their Messiah. They did not receive Jesus as the Logos, as the, as the Word of God. And so... In the ministry of Jesus, in the ministry of the church after, through the book of Acts onward, the door then was opened for everyone to receive Jesus, not just the Jews, but Jews, Gentiles alike. The door is open for everyone. And all who receive Jesus are the children of God. Verse 12 says, Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, nor a husband's will, but born of God. To receive Jesus is to believe in his name. To receive Jesus is to put your, your whole trust in him for this life and for eternity. It means to turn away from your sin and to turn in faith to Jesus Christ and his word. The result is that those who receive Jesus are born again. We've all been born the first time physically. But when we receive him into our lives, we are born again. We are spiritual, reborn. We are reborn as children of God. And so to receive Jesus is to accept the word of God, to accept its truth for your life. Now let's think a little more deeply about receiving Jesus, the word. The Bible speaks of the Word of God as being like a seed. Your heart is the soil in which the seed of God's Word is planted. There are many different kinds of soil in the world that farmers may plant seeds in, and so there are different kinds of soil or different kinds of human hearts that are like those different kinds of soil. Some soil is hard-packed. The seeds cannot penetrate. Other soil is rocky, and the soil is very shallow. Other Soil is thorny and has a lot of weeds growing and there are some good soil. 
And so people's hearts are like those kinds of soil. But when the word of God comes in, we want to prepare our hearts to be good soil. We want to get out the rocks. We want to get out the thorns. We want the truth of God to find its home in the good soil of our hearts. We want to accept it. We don't want to repel it. We become believers by receiving Jesus and the truth of his word into our hearts, not rejecting it. And we grow as believers by continuing to receive God's word. It's an ongoing process where the seeds of God's word continue to be planted in our hearts and we nourish it and we allow God to water it and it grows up to bring a harvest of good fruit in our lives. And so when you read the Bible, do you receive God's word or do you argue with it? Anybody ever argued with the Bible? Many people read the word, I've heard this countless times, and say, I can't do that. No way. I can't do that. God says do this. They say I can't. That's not receiving God's word. They give all kinds of excuses. I can't do that because of this. I can't do that because of that. And they miss the blessing. They don't receive God's word. They're going to miss growing up in Jesus Christ by saying I can't do that. But those who read the word of God, those who humbly receive it, and say, this is God's word for my life. I receive this word. I can do everything God's word tells me to do with God's help. I can't do it by myself. You try to do God's word by yourself, you're going to fall flat on your face. But with God's help, you can do everything God tells you to do. God doesn't command you to do anything that you can't do without his help. Or that you can't do with his help. When we read God's word, say, I choose to receive Jesus and his word as I read it. I open up my heart to receive everything that is written there. I choose to believe it. It's a choice I make. I may not understand all of it, but I choose to believe. I choose to obey. I choose, with God's help, to put it into practice in my life. I choose to live as a child of the one true king, Jesus Christ. That is my choice when I read God's word. Jesus is the word in flesh. John 1.14 says, The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And so when Jesus Christ was born 2,000 years ago, the Word became flesh. The Word became human and He lived among us. And so when we look at Jesus Christ, we see God, we see His glory, we see the Word of God lived out perfectly. We see an example for how we ought to live. What is God's glory? God's glory is his splendor. It's his brightness. It's his power. And in Jesus Christ, the word has been fleshed out in a perfect way. Without any sin, without any imperfection. Jesus is the word in human flesh. 
When Jesus came, he brought grace and truth. Verse 17 says, For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. The law was spelled out for us in the Old Testament. The law is God's standard for living. The law is perfect. But we as human beings are imperfect. We cannot perfectly keep the law. You ever heard of the Ten Commandments? We cannot perfectly keep the Ten Commandments. If you think you're keeping them, Jesus pointed out, I never murdered anybody. Jesus said, you ever been angry with anybody? You're a murderer. Ooh, I guess I failed. And on and on. The law is God's standard for living. It's still God's standard for living. But we cannot keep that law. And that's where Jesus comes in. Jesus brought grace and truth. The truth of the law remains. Some people say the law is... No, the truth of the law remains. It's still God's standard. But Jesus, uh, Jesus said he did not come to abolish the law. Uh, Jesus came to bring grace. He came to bring forgiveness when we fail. We repent and we turn to God in faith and our sins are forgiven. And we continue to walk in the grace of God with Jesus Christ. Without grace, we would all be lost. And Jesus has come to reveal God. Verse 18. No one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only, who is at the Father's side, has made him known. And so Jesus, the Word, has made God known. In fact, here, Jesus is called God, the one and only, who is at the Father's side. And a lot of people say, the Bible never says that Jesus was God. It says Jesus was God all over the place. I haven't read the Bible. Here it says it very clearly. God, the one and only who is at the Father's side, has made him known. Jesus has made God known. When we look at Jesus Christ, we see what God is like. You want to know what God is like? You look at Jesus. The Bible says that he is the exact representation of the invisible God. We can't see God the Father. He's spirit. But we can see in the pages of the Bible, and people did see back then, they saw him. How he lived, how he acted. He's exactly what God is like. And so Jesus is the key to understanding God. Jesus is the key to understanding his word. And so when we read the Bible, we want to understand it. We need to ask the question, how did Jesus live this out? Because Jesus is the word made flesh. And we look at Jesus' life and see how he lived out the word day to day. Hebrews 1 verse 1 says, In the past God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, who he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. So in case you missed it in John 1, here we have it again. Who made the universe? Jesus Christ. He didn't just come into being when he was born of Mary. He has always existed. And so God's final authoritative word in the last days in which we live, the last day spans the period from when Jesus ascended up into heaven until when he comes again. And so we are living in the last days. God's word to us in the last days is through Jesus. And so in order to understand the Bible, we need to begin by understanding Jesus Christ. 
If you're not regularly reading your Bible day in and day out, I recommend you to begin. I encourage you to begin. And don't begin in Genesis. Because Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus will kill you, okay? <laughs> when you get to Leviticus, you'll quit because it won't make any sense to you. I mean, Genesis and Exodus, you'll probably make it through if you're semi-committed, but Leviticus, it's all over. Because you won't understand how it relates to Jesus. And so I encourage you to begin reading in the Gospel of John. That's what we're studying today. If you haven't read for a long time, begin again. Begin in John. It'll all begin to make sense for you. Seek God to understand all you can about Jesus. What he said, what he did. That's what God is like. And then you won't get confused when you go to the Old Testament. You'll understand what God is like. Most of all, understand what his death and resurrection accomplished. And then when you get through John, read the other Gospels. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And then continue on through Acts and the rest of the New Testament. And then you can go back to the Old Testament. And then you'll begin to put it all into perspective. Read the Old Testament in the light of Jesus and it will begin to fit together. What is the ultimate goal of your life? Just as Jesus revealed the Father through his life, when we look at Jesus, we see the Father. When people look at us, who should they see? Jesus. Our lives should reflect Jesus Christ. We should be becoming more and more like him every day. Our goal in life, what God wants of us, is to reveal Jesus to those around us. What does the word Christian mean? It means someone like Christ. What were the believers in the New Testament called? Followers of Jesus. They did what Jesus did. They followed him, not just physically trotting after him, but they, they followed him. They did the things he did. They spoke the way he spoke. Their character was as Jesus' character. And so God desires when people see us that they see Jesus and they see the word of God lived out. They see the word of God in us lived out in every aspect. God wants each of us to see Jesus in the Word, for Jesus is the very Word of God. All Scripture points to Jesus. And it speaks of Him in one way or another. And as we grow to love God's Word more, we're going to love Jesus more. Our love for Jesus will increase. And as we understand God's Word more deeply, we're going to know God more completely. And so I encourage each one here today to make a commitment to living out the Word of God, and let others see Jesus in you. Let His light, He is the light of the world, let His light shine through you and let His truth speak through your life. Now, in order to truly understand and apply God's Word, in order to live out God's Word in your life, I've already said we can't do it in our own strength. We need God's help. In fact, you need to have a relationship with God. You need to be a believer in Jesus Christ. In order to become a believer, you need to do three things. You need to admit that you've done wrong, that you've sinned. Second thing, you need to believe that 
Jesus died on the cross that your sins might be forgiven. And you put your whole trust in him. You receive him. The third thing, you commit, commit your life to following him and his word all the days of your life. If you've never made a commitment like that before, I encourage you to do it today. If you want to recommit your lives, that's a, that's a good thing to do too. From time to time when you sense you've been drifting from God. And so let's bow our heads right now. I'm going to pray a simple prayer. I encourage you to pray along with me in your own mind. God knows what you're thinking. Say something like this. Father, today, I admit that I've sinned. That I've done wrong things. I've not followed your word in my life. But I believe that Jesus came to this earth, lived a perfect life, died on the cross, took my sins upon himself, and rose from the dead on the third day that my sins might be forgiven. Please forgive me. I commit my life to following you, to following your word all the days of my life. I receive you into my life in Jesus' name. And for those who are already believers, let's pray that we would grow in understanding and loving God's word. Father, we thank you for Jesus, the word of God. Thank you that he created me and that his light shines in this dark world. Thank you that you chose me to receive Jesus and to become a child of God. Forgive me for not giving your word the priority it should have in my life. May I see Jesus in every page of the Bible as I read it every day. Help me to understand all of Scripture in the light of Jesus. Help me to Help my eyes to be open to see him there. Help your word to come alive to me. Help it not to be a dry, dusty drudgery to read your word. Help it to be alive. May your spirit cause it to come alive to each person here. Let our lives, God, reveal Jesus' grace and truth to others. When people look at us, may they see Jesus. May our words be filled with the Words of Jesus with the very word of God. May our actions show Jesus' love and grace to those around us. Help everyone here, God, to read your word daily and to understand more about you. We pray that the distractions and the things that draw them away from your word would have no power. We pray that everyone would grow in their life with you. Thank you, God, for helping us to grow closer to you through your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.